0: You know, back on April 8, 1966, which is 50 plus years ago, Time magazine came out with a headlines that read is God dead? Is God dead? In this postmodern culture that we find ourselves living in, people are pretty much trying to treat God as if he's died. He's no longer actively involved. He's not speaking. He's not talking. So the big headlines was is God dead? The next day, some reporters found Billy Graham and said, hey, is God dead? Billy smiled and said, no, are you kidding me? I just talked to him this morning. (laughs) God is alive. He's not dead, and God is desiring to communicate with each and every one of us every day. That's good news for us. That is really good news. God desires to communicate. Job chapter 33, verse 14, the text says, God does speak. Sometimes he speaks one way and sometimes he speaks another way, even though people may not recognize it or understand it. And so how God speaks throughout the pages of Scripture differ. God spoke through a burning bush and freaked Moses out. Remember that story? And Moses is like, what is going on here? God spoke through a cloud God's spoken through angels, even in the narrative of the Christmas story. Uh, he speaks to angels. He speaks through angels. God speaks through a pillar of fire. God speaks through a donkey, which makes me qualified to sit before you today. <laughs> Just a donkey giving divinity a right? But when you study scripture, God spoke in a variety Of ways, But the good news is, God is desiring to speak to each and every one of us in this room right now. And God is desiring to have an incredible personal relationship with each and every one of us. That is the fact. Now, I want to break down, just in a practical, simple way with you, uh, what I believe to be four of the most practical, simple ways that God speaks to us. It's in your bulletin. The slides will also reveal it. Now, the first way I think God speaks the strongest to us is through the Word. Through the Word. You got your pen. You're going to take notes because you can't miss this one. Now, there's two aspects of the Word when we contemplate it. There is the revealed Word, and there is the written Word. Now, God has spoken through the revealed Word, which is Jesus Christ himself, the Savior. Then God is spoken through Scripture. Now, the two words for word that most often appear in the New Testament are the word logos. You'll find that word in John chapter 1, where he says, "In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He goes on a few verses later and says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. He's talking about the revealed word in the person of Jesus Christ. Hebrews chapter 1, paraphrasing it, and the scripture will be here, but it basically says that in those former days, God spoke through the law and the prophets, but in these last days, He's chosen to speak through His Son, the Savior, Jesus, the Word, the Logos, who is the exact representation and radiance of who He is. So, how does God declare himself first and foremost? He declares himself through the revealed word in the person of Jesus that would be born some 2,000 years ago through the peasant virgin girl by the name of Mary. He would live 33 years. At about the age of 30, he launches his public ministry. Jesus walks and talks and identifies with people, living a holy, sinless, pure life, three years public ministry. And then, he willfully dies a criminal's death, murdered on Calvary's tree, uh, shedding his blood as an atoning sacrifice for all, He's placed in the grave, and on the third day, he's raised from the grave, and he's seated at the right hand of the Father. So we pause to celebrate the good news of the revealed word. How does God speak? He speaks through the word. He speaks through the revealed word. He reveals himself through Christ, and he invites each and every one of us into this personal encounter and personal relationship. So the greatest gift you'll ever receive is not a new iPhone or a new computer or a new bike or a new ball or a new barbie or a car the greatest gift you'll ever receive Will be to receive Christ the King as Savior Lord and authority of your life repenting of your sin and Placing your confidence in him. God has spoken Jesus is his name the revealed word invites us into this intimacy and Into this relationship with him. So when we think about how has God spoken He who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. He's spoken through the Word, His Son. He's also spoken through the Scripture. Now, we hold our our, our Bibles dear to our heart here at the Cross Loganville. We're a Bible-based community of intimate followers of Jesus. Now, we believe that the Bible is 66 canonized books from Genesis through Revelation. We believe that God has revealed Himself through the Word The rhema sayings and the statements that we call the Word of God. He says in Ephesians 6, make sure you take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The Word of God are the life sayings and the rhema statements and the principles that God has buried inside this book that are absolutely phenomenal. Now, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16, I want you to hear this. He says that all Scripture is inspired by God. Inspired means to be God-breathed, which means it's reliable, it's trustworthy, it's dependable. Hey, you need to know it. All Scripture is inspired by God, and it is profitable for teaching. Teaching, what is right. It is profitable for reproof, what is not right. It is profitable for correction, how to get right. It is profitable for training in righteousness, how to stay right. So God says, I want you all to know what's right and what's not right and how to get right and how to stay right. This word right here is inspired. God has spoken through the word. And so he says, training in righteousness so that the man of God, woman of God, can be adequately equipped for every good work that God has in store for you. God has spoken. Through the Word, through the Logos, and through the Rhema. God has revealed himself in the person of Christ, and God has spoken in what we call the Word of God. Grass withers and flower fades, but the Word of God will remain and abide forever. Now, if that be the truth, there's so many in this room today. And let me just go ahead and say this to you. There's so many of us sitting in this room today. If this is the primary way that God has spoken to us, if you never get into the rhema word, how can you expect to have healthy communication with God? Now, no, I, want, I want you to ponder this. Barb and I just celebrated 26 years of marriage just a few weeks ago. If I would have stood at the altar and looked at Barb and said, I, Tim, take you, Barb, to be my wife, to live together in holy matrimony, until death do us part. I will love you. I will cherish you. I will do everything I can to take care of you. And then I would have said, but here's the reality. Don't expect me to communicate with you. A lot of us have rushed to an altar. A lot of us have knelt and even bowed and prayed. And we've been like, Jesus, save me. But we've laid our Bibles aside and said, but don't expect me to communicate with you. I I love you that you will keep me out of hell based on what I read, but don't even think that you and I are going to communicate. You see, if the only time you're hanging, getting word from God is the 75 minutes on Sunday morning, you're totally missing it. I mean, that's insulting. That's embarrassing. But there's so many people that tell me, well, brother, I'm not a reader. Remember, a person who does not read will always be at the mercy of one who does. Yeah. I mean, this right here is the bread of life. This book right here is to be treated uh, treated like bread for daily use, not like cake for special occasions. God has spoken and has revealed himself. And I had a guy in the first service, and I want you to hear this, because I made the challenge last week just in a different spin. But I challenged, hey, what is God showing you? What is the one action step you'll take? And I challenged people, hey, God wants to hang out with you 24-7, 365, but I would encourage you to carve out like that 20 or 30 minutes a day and carve out that time where you're just hanging with the Lord. He came up to me at the end and he said, this dude grew up in a pastor's home. This guy grew up around church. He's teaching at a Christian school. And he looked and he said, I wanted you to know last Sunday when I left here, I got on my knees. I drove the stake in the ground and I don't like getting up at five, but I've been getting up at five. And even though my physical body's been a little tired, can I tell you, my spirit is soaring this week. And I'm like, I'm proud of you. He's 25 years old. And he's like, you know what? I've got to designate that time to feed my spiritual man. It's, 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 not, it's not too difficult. The fact that I can do it, you can do it. Get you a journal. Get you a notebook. It doesn't even have to be anything fancy. Grab you a pen and a notebook. I dare you tonight to pray and say, Lord, would you wake me up at 5 o'clock? Don't worry about the alarm you've got at 530. You just tell Abba, you, you, you love me and you want me to hang out with you? Would you just wake me up? He will do it because he digs you. I'm serious. He he cares about you big time. Grab you a journal. Grab your Bible and ask the Lord to wake you up. Whatever time it is, you're you're like, hey, brother, I'll push it to 530, man, but I'm digging what you're saying. All right. (laughs) But whatever it is, I mean, some of you radical people, man, that like to push it to the edge, it's 430. I get it. We're going to be all right. But ask the Lord, wake me up. And so when you get up, maybe it's just grabbing your... Your, your, your iPhone and you've got some tunes, whether it's Jesus Culture or Hillsong or Nick Slade in the band or Third Day or whatever you're listening to. But fire some music in and just start worshiping the Lord in song. God is able. Whatever you're singing, right? And just start that day off and just say, Lord, I want to spend time with you. I want to know you. I want you to speak to me. I want to commune with you. It is time for me to really understand deeper who you are. Now, Now, you've got the Bible. Yeah, I don't know where to start. Start in John. Start in James. Start in Ephesians. It's all alive. You ain't going to go wrong, okay? I got good news for you. And the cool thing about the Bible, if you've never read it and studied it, oh, I got good news for you. It is so shallow that the babiest of all Christians won't drown. But it's deep enough that the greatest theologian can't touch bottom. So, it don't matter where you're at. You're going to find the place to land. Good? Yeah. And so, I sat there with my pen. And, and, and all of a sudden, I start to write down, Prayer. I'm gonna give you five P's. Prayer. What am I praying for today? The cool thing is when you start to journal and you go, here's my prayers. I'm praying for Benji or I'm praying for Barbara. Or I'm praying for our church or I'm praying for a certain person. I'm praying for my buddy Bruce. He's got to have surgery this week. I'm, I'm praying for Kim or I'm praying for, and you write it down. Here's a cool thing. Then you write down some things that you're praising God for. It's simple. Here's my prayer, here's my praise. Now, the cool thing about right now, prayer is coming back four weeks later and six weeks later, or maybe even four days later, and going he answered that prayer. So, I'm journaling. So, I'm writing it down. So, I've got prayer, and I've got praise, and then I've got this passage. Let's say I'm reading through uh, uh, James chapter 1, and all of a sudden, I'm like, that's the passage I'm reading today. And and then all of a sudden, as I'm reading through it, I just write down the next P, which is personal thoughts. What what did I see reading this? What were some personal thoughts I had as I was contemplating the text? And then I write down my last P, points of action. You see, it's not just information. It's revelation for the purpose to be incorporated into my life. And I promise you, if you start to do this, this will radically change your life. It will give you ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is desiring to say to you. It will wake you up. It will grow you up. You'll start to mature. And it's like, hey, I embrace the Word. I embrace the the Logos, the revealed Savior. But now I'm starting to embrace the rhema sayings of God. This Word is alive. It's inspired. And God is starting to grow me up. That's where it started with me. Anybody that's ever grown in their faith, there is no shortcuts. Come on. So, that, 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 I want to share that with you. Get going in it. Now, like I shared book, Bub with you, let me share. All of us, it's a free download. Free. And if it's free, it's me. So, here we go. So, you grab your iPhone. You grab your iPad. You go to the App Store. And all you do is type in Uversion. And, and, and the UVersion app is the number one Christian app out there. And all of a sudden, you download it. And it's like, man, I've got the ESV, the NASB. I've got the the NLT, the NIV, the KJV, the New King James. I mean, all these free uh, scripture copies are right there sitting for you. They've got devotional plans. They've got reading plans. All of this stuff is on and out. So, no matter where you're at and what you're going through, you've got your little smartphone, and you can use it. And I promise you. I know people in their 70s that use it. Yeah. Now, it's not a game to my young generation. Don't just play games. Get on that app and start contemplating it. But God is spoken through the Word. Second way, God will oftentimes speak through gifted teachers. He does. You ever been sitting in a church and some dude up there speaking, and you felt like, man, God's speaking directly to me today. You ever felt that? Or driving down the road, man, and you're listening to a podcast, and whether it's Francis Chan or, or whoever you're listening to, and you're like, man, God is rocking my boat right now. He's speaking to me. It's, it's like this dude that is communicating has zeroed in on me. It's like he's been walking around with me the last couple of weeks. I've had people say that to me. Brother, that word you were sharing today, I felt like it was just for me. That's good, but it wasn't just for you. It's for all of us. But God will use gifted teachers and communicators. He says in First Thessalonians two. For this reason, we also constantly thank God that when you received the word of God, the rema things of God which you heard from us, you accepted it not as being word from men. You accepted it for what it really is, the Word of God, which also performs its work in you who believe. When you heard the Word, you you didn't ascribe it to us. You didn't give us credit. You heard the Word of God being proclaimed, and you go, that's the Word of God. I want to know the Word of God. I want to embrace the Word of God. Man, I got saved in October of 85, and I, I started listening to Max Lakeda. I read, God Came Near, and no wonder they call him the Savior, and only Anvil, and I wasn't a reader until then. And I would listen to Lakeda and I'm like, man, that dude's speaking my language. And I'd be driving down the road, and I found Christian radio stations. Yeah, and I mean, even back then in the 80s, there were Christian radio stations. Can you believe it? And, and, and I'm telling you, I'm driving down the road going, all right, I've listened to Skynyrd and the, and the Doors and, and Joplin and all these people for so long, but i got to get some word in me. And I started listening to Chuck Swindoll and and, and Insight for Living. And I'm like, man, I love Chuck Swindoll. And then I started listening to John MacArthur. And I started listening to these other gifted Bible teachers. And I'm like, man, this is cool. I can get the Word of God driving down the road. And God spoke through these people. Crawford Loretz, my mentor, pastor at Fellowship Bible, I mean, I was working out the other morning on the treadmill or or the elliptical, and and I'm listening and watching Crawford break down this word for about 50 minutes. And I sent him a text. I'm like, dude, I am so locked in to what you're sharing right now. It's ministering to my heart. Do you know that God uses that in our journey? One of the ways that God will oftentimes minister to you is through gifted Bible teachers. You got access to it. You can podcast it. I got people all over the nation that they'll they'll watch our sermons online. I've got people all over the nation that will have a a subscribe to our podcast. And man, every week it just drops on their phone no matter where they're at. Trevor, good news. You can be in Spain and still hear your boy preach the word, dude. Yes. It's good. But God has spoken. I I, I was a young believer, and this guy is preaching this one Sunday, and he was talking about uh, Isaac, and they wanted to find Isaac a wife out of Genesis, and they sent out these servants to find Isaac a wife. And they get to this chick, Rebecca, and they're like, Rebecca, are you willing to go with this man and marry this dude, Isaac? And I remember the guy was just breaking down this word, and I was sitting there, and God was like, are you willing to go with me? Are you willing to go with this man named Jesus? Are you willing to go wherever I will send you? And four days later, I packed my truck in Georgia and moved to Indiana because God had used a man to deliver a word at a seasonable moment in my life. And I'm like, I got to go. Check it out. Ephesians chapter 4, God uses gifted Bible teachers and communicators. God gave gifts to the church. Apostle, prophet, evangelist shepherd and teacher pastor teacher the pastor teacher's responsibility is to equip God's people you would be wise circle that that dude up there week after week his primary responsibility is to equip us to equip equip us to do what to do the work of the service to go love and to go share and to go to evangelism and discipleship that's what he says in the scripture until He's there to build us up until we reach a maturity and until we reach this level of growth. And God God is raising up people to do this. Really? Yeah. So, I pray oftentimes on Sunday morning, God, you you know exactly who's going to be in here this morning. And Lord, you know exactly where every person's coming from. You know what kind of pain they've gone through this week, what kind of peaks and valleys they've had this week. Lord, you know where every person is at that's going to come in there. And, and, and Lord, you're, you're, you're going to send them in there, but Lord, would you give me something relevant to share with these people? Something that they can hang on to. Something that will cause them to depend on you, embrace you, surrender to you. Would you allow me to do that because I'm just a donkey giving divinity a ride. I'm just a mouthpiece of the king. And it's like, would you let that happen? Because I know God uses, he uses the word, the revealed, and the written, but he also uses other people as communicators. Now, 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 this gets really hairy and trippy for you. Do you realize as a redeemed follower of Jesus Christ and as a person who declares that Jesus Christ is the Lord and authority of your life, do you realize that when you wake up tomorrow morning, and you head out to work, and you head out to school, or wherever you might be going, you might be that gifted teacher that God is wanting to use to communicate a message of hope to the people around you. It's not just paid clergy. God may be wanting to use you tomorrow, this week, to do an incredible work that's never been done. And he's like, you've got enough word in you. Now you go speak hope to other people. You see, you are... You are salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. And God is wanting to raise you up and use you as well. So God speaks through the word. God speaks through gifted teachers. God speaks through the Holy Spirit. Now you Baptist flavored people, man, that come in here or Catholic or Presbyterian, all you that lean toward Calvinism a little too much, you know as well as I do that God the Father was exalted God the, G- uh, uh, God, the Son, in Jesus Christ was embraced, but God, the Holy Spirit, was treat- uh, treated like a redheaded stepchild. Come on. And you Pentecostals and Pentecostals and whatever other kind of assembly of God, people y'all got working up in here, I know y'all too. There was such an abuse and misuse for some of you that there hasn't been proper balance. God speaks through the Holy Spirit. We believe here at the cross, Loganville, that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are all equal. God in three persons, the Trinity and Triune God, we embrace. John chapter 14, I will ask the Father, and He will give you another helper that He may be with you forever. That is the spirit of truth. You know Him because He abides with you, and He will be with you. I will not leave you as orphans, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. When the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, that is the Spirit of truth, he will bear witness of me." I mean, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. That was the promise and pledge that Jesus made. Hey, guys, it's to your advantage that I go away. As long as I'm with you, I can only be in one place at one time. But I'm going to send the parakletas, para meaning coming alongside. Kletas is the one who's going to comfort you and guide you. I'm going to send him so that wherever you are, once you're filled with him, you'll be totally in the presence of Jesus and the Father no matter what's going on. So, the Holy Spirit is such a gift to us. And and, and God promised us that he was going to give us this miraculous working of the Holy Spirit in our lives. He says in Acts one you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest parts of the earth. But hang out there in the upper room just a few days, boys. But when the Holy Spirit comes and you get ghosted, you're going to be my mouthpieces, and I'm going to send you all over the place. Yeah, the power of the Holy Spirit. So, God the Father— is the Creator and the originator of all things. You see, through God the Father, all things starts and all things flow. The Father sends the Son. The Father sends the Holy Spirit. Now Jesus, God in three persons, Jesus reveals the heart of the Father and the heart of heaven. Jesus is the one who lived 33 years in an earth uniform human uniform, a robe of flesh. Jesus is the one who willfully died a criminal's death on Calvary. Jesus is the one who shed his blood to atone for our sin once and for all. Jesus now is resurrected, seated at the right hand of the Father. Jesus now is our judge, our mediator, our intercessor, who goes between us and the Father, pleading our case day after day. Now, we've got the Father, we've got the Son, And we've got the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives inside of the redeemed believer. The Holy Spirit desires to totally indwell and control the redeemed believer. You you see, there's a lot of people that have been saved that's got the Holy Spirit inside of them, but they're not honoring the Father because they're quenching the Holy Spirit of having freedom and permission to reign and rule in their life. But see, the Holy Spirit is the one that convicts us. The Holy Spirit baptizes us into the one true church. The Holy Spirit brings us comfort day after day. The Holy Spirit gives us illumination to be able to see the Word of God. Like when Benji was saying, Lord, give me your eyes to see your Word. The Holy Spirit illuminates us. The Holy Spirit brings us gifts. He says that you'll receive this gift of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit that will manifest in the fruit of the Spirit with love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness. He also gives these working gifts of whether it be prophet or evangelist or uh, hospitality or helps or whatever. He goes, I'm going to give you some gifts, but don't quench my spirit working inside of you. See, the Holy Spirit speaks to us every day. Going down the road, the Holy Spirit will, will prompt your heart, God in you. God's in me. I can't get away from him. I can't outrun him. I I, I can't go anywhere that he's not there. I've got God in me in the person of the Holy Spirit. And I would invite you, Holy Spirit, speak to me. Holy Spirit, prompt things inside of me. Now, let let me say it again. Let me say it again. God says, test the spirits. Test the spirits. There's been a lot of crazy things done by people who said the Holy Spirit spoke to them. Listen to me. God will never show you to do anything in the Spirit that contradicts what He's already said. do in the Word. If a person starts going outside of the will of God and the Word of God, because they had some type of freaky impression, that that was not the voice of the Father. So, God never contradicts Himself. So, I want to know collectively, what have you said in the Word, but I want to know selectively, what are you saying in the Spirit? Makes sense. So God will speak through the Word, the revealed, yes, and the written. God will speak through gifted teachers and others. That's good. That's good, Aquarius. He's going to speak to us. God will speak through the Holy Spirit. Here, here, here's a huge one. Don't, 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 don't miss this one. This is the great equalizer. God will speak to us through pain. Yeah. G- God will speak to us through pain. It, Suffering is no respecter of person. My one friend Jen and Chuck, who were here in the first service today, when I saw her, she was standing out, greeting, tears in her eyes. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Because the 18 year old kid who is a freshman at Georgia Southern, that lives three doors down from her, was killed in a car wreck on Friday. She's crushed. I'm hurting. We could get everyone in a room, and we could say, hey, hey, I want you to write down and just testify, give us a great win and a joy moment that happened this last week in your journey. Well, reality is about 20% of the people would probably be able to declare something. And then I say, I want every one of you to write down something painful that's breaking your heart, that's hurting you right now, and I want you to share. We'd have 100% participation. The universal language is suffering. The universal reality is most people suppress their suffering. There's people in this room right now that are hurting physically, emotionally, mentally, relationally, psychologically, even more so. There's so many people in this room right now that are hurting spiritually. And there's pain. There's a prodigal. There's something falling apart. And there's something that God is wanting to use to speak to you. The psalmist said in Psalm 119, the suffering you sent me was good. The suffering you sent me was good. It taught me to pay attention to your principles. Before I was afflicted, I went astray. Before I got knocked down, before I had to chill for a moment, I was going astray. But now I keep your word. Before I got that DUI and busted, I, I was going astray, but you used that. You see, God uses pain as a megaphone to get our attention. Hey, I'm, I'm, I need to silence you a little bit. I need you to slow down. You, you see, God is so interested in speaking to us and having a relationship with us. And God is so interested in revealing himself to us, that he will oftentimes use pain as the greatest avenue of getting our attention. Now, I'm not saying if you're going through pain right now that it's a result of sin and something you've done and God's just trying to blow you up. I'm not saying that, but I will say oftentimes in our journey, Pain has a way of equalizing the playing field for every person. It doesn't matter what your financial portfolio is, whether you're rags or whether you're riches, doesn't matter. got to go, no, no, where are you going to turn right now? Who are you going to trust right now? Because so many of us in this room, we, we have this fear of changing. I don't want to change. I kind of like things the way they are. Then all of a sudden, pain and adversity and turmoil disrupts us. You, you see, the fear of change has to be met with greater pain, where the agony of pain trumps the fear of change, and we go, do something inside me. What, whatever it is, I cry uncle, I cry God, I submit. I've had enough. And, 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 and people talk about in recovery and other things, man, you, you've got to reach like the pit. You've got to reach that just brokenness, emptiness. Sometimes you can reach the pinnacle and realize that sucks, man. There ain't nothing happening up there either. But whatever it is, God will oftentimes use pain and hurt and sorrow to wake us up. Adversity is the fertilizer that God uses to bring about deeper maturation in our faith journey. Yeah, it was good for me that I was afflicted. Consider it joy when you encounter these trials of different types. And not only this, but we rejoice in our tribulation. Jesus says, in this world you'll have trouble, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Philippians 1.29 says, you've been granted the privilege not only to trust Christ for salvation, but, but to suffer for his name's sake. Yeah. And so as you go through life, remember, scars are not a sign of imperfection. They're just mere evidence that God's healing has taken place. So oftentimes when you're going through the pain, God is saying, I'm, I'm, I'm getting your attention. Are you going to trust me? Are you going to start to depend on me? And and oftentimes it is one of his greatest, it is one of his greatest declarations of love to allow us to, to experience pain. And I want to do a whole series uh, next year, leading up to uh, right around Easter on this whole thing of how God uses pain to drive us to a place of authentic peace. We live in a world, and my dad is broke down. I love my dad. I went down to see him Friday. He's hurting bad. He goes to this pain doctor, okay? And they are able to help him to a certain point. Now, I'm not saying That these pain doctors are straight from hell. Not saying that. But I will tell you this man has come up with every solution that he can come up with to eliminate pain in people's lives. We're gonna give you a shot to eliminate pain. Don't throw rocks at me, girls. Don't throw rocks at me. But you will greatly increase pain during childbirth. We got an epidural for that, we've got a pill for that. We've got a drug for that. And our society tries to do everything we can to eliminate pain. And oftentimes, pain is that gift from God. Oh, I've got a fever. Well, just take this and get rid of it. No, the fever is telling me something is infected in my body. You've you, you got to let your body fight it. Your body wants to do it. And God is wanting to use pain. Are you saying you're against epidurals? Don't don't go there with me. I didn't say that. <laughs> you're saying you never use Advil? I don't go there with me. Just hear that we try to eliminate pain. And God oftentimes uses pain as one of his greatest declarations and megaphones to say, no, no, trust me, I'm here for you. I'm what you're looking for. Don't turn to a less wild lover. Make sense? Come on, this is conversational. Living room, let's go. Now let me wrap it with this. We'll make this quick. But hearing from God brings me great joy. And I just want to tell you this in closing. When I start to really hear the voice of the Father, man, my sheep know me, they listen to me. Evidence of my salvation and evidence that I really know God is that He, he, he speaks to me. So, so the first thing I look at is, man, I'm assured that I'm a child of God because God communicates to me. I'm telling you right now, when I hear the voice of the Lord, I know who it is. I can call my kids. Hey, Rachel. What's Dad? I never call and say, Hey, Jesse. Who, who, who is this? <laughs> I was the dude that was paying for your phone yesterday. No, you better know I... <laughs> Do you know my kids recognize my voice because we have an intimate relationship? And a lot of people... My, they mistake, they mistaken relationship with God, with religion in the Southern culture. They've experienced religiosity, but they haven't experienced the relationship with Christ. If, if you've never heard God communicate with you and you've never heard God speak to you, I'm going to go out on, on a limb in love and tell you, you probably have never been saved. I just want to go ahead and say that to you because people that know the Lord in a personal way, recognize and respond to his voice. And there's so many people that make up the church in the Southern culture that 75 minutes on Sunday and later you go, I've never heard from God. Well, have you ever responded to the revealed word and received Christ as master and authority? That's where it starts. Do you ever pick up the Ramah sayings of God? Then I don't know if you're saved. Don't have this false assurance that you belong to God if you don't hear him speak. When I hear God speak, I go, man, that's comforting. Tim, I don't even know if I'm saved. We'll have a prayer team up here today. Let's settle this before you walk out of here. Second thing is, uh, hearing from God brings me great joy because he protects me from doing stupid stuff. Anybody else in here going, man, thank God he protected me there. And and a lot of us, God was speaking to us and we didn't listen. And we did some stupid stuff that got us doing time or got us divorced or got us all jacked up and sideways. But listen to this passage out of Job back in 33. This is great, Danny. He speaks in dreams, in visions of the night. He whispers in their ear and terrifies them with warning. He causes them to change their mind. He keeps them from pride. That's good. He keeps them from an early grave. God disciplines people with sickness and pain at times, with ceaseless aching in their bones. Hey, hey I'm giving you a warning. Stop it. That's enough. You've got a concussion. Don't run back out there right now. Your brain is scrambled and ain't going to work. God gives us warnings. And man, I, if I could go back over the last 30 plus years of walking with Jesus, those warnings that have led to protection and direction in my life, I'm like, yeah, even when Benji was up here, well, you know, there was a lot of things we didn't get to do and I'm going to try it, okay? But I realized that trying what I couldn't do was really mom and dad not preventing me from experiencing life. They were protecting me from the dangers of hell. God's not a killjoy. But God will oftentimes warn you and keep you from doing stupid stuff at times if you'll listen to him. There's people that get into relationships that you should never get into. I mean, you're sitting there going, man, what am I doing? It would be good to say, should I marry this person or not? You're not that lonely to get stuck like that for the rest of your life. Come on, there's some bozos. Come on, and some of y'all are married to some- no, uh, but but it's um. A- but listen to God. God wants to protect you. Here's the third thing. I mean, hearing from God brings me great joy because he promises us a successful life. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the council or stand or sit with all these mockers and scoffers. His delight is in the law of the Lord. He's going to be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, yields his fruit in season. His leaf never withers. Whatever he does, he has success. Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Don't turn right or left. Meditate on my word day and night, you'll have success. I mean, don't you want to live a successful life? Don't you want your life to count? So, So, God is speaking. God's speaking. Have you embraced the Lordship of Jesus? Are you hanging out daily? And the rhema sayings, are you listening to the Holy Spirit? Are you quenching the Holy Spirit? Are you allowing the Holy Spirit to control you? Are you grabbing some of those gifted teachers out there at times to say, hey, I need to be encouraged today. Are you listening to the pain that God is sending your way to bring about deeper redemptive hope and restoration in your journey? Hey, listen, listen, your back's hurting. Sit down for a second. I, I'm getting your attention. Hey, 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 don't, don't violate what I'm showing you right now. You need to hang with me. Are you there? And do you hear the voice of the Lord? Yes, I'm his child. Yes, he's protected me from doing stupid stuff. I love that. He's promised me a successful life. Success means wisdom and skill to do life in such a way that honors God. Let me go ahead and define that success don't mean having every stinking materialistic possession that you want it means god has given me wisdom and skill to do life in such a way that honors him here's the rap here's the rap here's the rap you're sitting there and you're going i don't know the lord the greatest gift you're going to receive during this christmas season is going to be to receive christ jesus as master and authority you go I've done that, but I haven't done anything with it. We would love to disciple you. We want to life coach you. We want to help you. We'll get you in a Bible study, a small group. Maybe you're going, man, I'm I'm struggling with some addictions and different things. We'll get you with our recovery team. We want to see you grow. But you've got to experience God's salvation. You've got to receive the gift of eternal life and abundant life in Christ. Second thing, don't don't miss it. I prayed a prayer. Still don't know what that means at the age of 13. Praying a prayer don't save you. It's a surrendered heart of authentic repentance that saved me. I prayed a prayer when I was 13 years old. You need to be baptized. So I jumped in a tank of water at 13. And lived like hell when I was 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, until October of 1985. I got on my face in October of 85 because I was a reckless sinner. And I'm like, God, I don't know what that prayer I prayed at 13 meant other than I was scared I was going to go to hell. I'm praying right now, crying out that you would take over my life. I repent and I declare I want you to be the Lord. I start walking through the next few years. I sat around listening to Bible teaching. And I go to one of my buddies and I said, dude, I've never been biblically baptized. He goes, what do you mean? Well, I thought you said you were saved at 13. That was a life insurance plea cry That wasn't a surrender to Jesus cry. I want to get baptized as a surrendered person to Christ. Yeah. And there's some of you sitting here going, I've never driven the stake in the ground. So January 1st, You can grab that Connect card right now. Write your name and info to say, I want to be baptized. We're going to blow it out. We're only doing one service on January 1st. I don't know how long we're going to be here, so you better party hard the night before. No, I didn't say that. We will have communion and not Advil and milk, so you better come prepared. No, but here's the deal. We're going to to have a huge baptism service, and there's a lot of people that have already said, I'm driving a stake in the ground. I'm starting January 1, 2017, declaring the Lordship of Jesus in my life. If you've never been baptized or you know your baptism didn't really mean anything, Richard, you know it, brother, is you baptized your family last year. It's like, we've got to get this thing right. Josh, you know it too, brother, seeing your mom and dad. I would encourage you to obey the Lord. We want to help you. I pray that today's word encouraged you. And thanks for joining us. Uh, on this uh, broadcast today. If we can help you in your walk with Christ in any way, feel free to contact us here at The Cross Loganville. Our email info at thecrossloganville.org or you can call us 770-554-3322. God bless you and I pray that you have just an incredible day.